Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, legends? Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Rebecca Cole. For those of you who don't know who Beck is, she's a professional basketballer. She's a member of the Australian Opals national squad, along with the 3x3 FIBA team as well. She's also part of the Southside Flyers in the WNBL. They're the the reigning premiers or champions in the WNBL, and she's currently getting ready for the the up-and-coming season there. But um, our conversation, our chat today was really enjoyable. I think everyone's going to really enjoy uh, this episode, particularly if you're a fan of basketball or just sport in general, but a big thanks to Beck for joining me um, on this episode today. And if you guys enjoy our conversation, please do take a screenshot of this episode, post it up on Instagram story for us, tag myself, tag Beck. I'll have the links to her socials in the show notes below. A big thank you for tuning in to this episode. I really do appreciate each and every single one of you who does listen to the show every week, even if this is your first episode, uh, very much appreciated. So I hope you guys enjoy today's chat. Beck, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here and have some human connection with uh, someone else than from my gym at the moment. I know it's awkward, isn't it? It's like next time I see someone out in public, I'm going to have to imagine they're on Zoom so I can be normal. It's going to be <laughs> weird, weird to go and talk to people outside of this. Um, how have you been? How's uh, you were touching on, obviously, just before before we hit record, um, just just recovering from a, a small op at the moment and getting back into some some rehab and activation work and rebuilding those muscles again. So um, fill us in a little bit. What's uh what what surgery did you get done and and what's things looking like for you at the moment in terms of training and um, and recovery? Yeah, so I just had a little clean out on my knee. I did like my first major knee injury when I was nineteen at the AIS where. I did my ACL, MCL, meniscus all in one go. It was brutal. Nice <laughs> um, job. So I think like, yeah, I did it well. So once you've sort of done that, I guess as an elite athlete, the amount we train and like load our knees, you're bound to get clean outs every now and then along the road. So um, I got one about, yeah, almost two months ago. So I'm super lucky that I have access to the VIS and mm-hmm. I'm able to go in there six days a week I'm in the gym getting stronger, lower body, upper body, cardio on the bike, um, in the swimming pool, and then I can use MSAC to get shots up. So, like, I'm definitely keeping busy and just super lucky with this pandemic that I'm able to still do that. But I've I've never been more tired in my life than I have these last eight weeks. It's funny, isn't it? You, um, I mean, it sounds super cliche, but you really don't realise, like, how much you enjoy even just like the smallest things like training and getting up shots and stuff until you can't do it anymore and then all of a sudden like once you get the all clear to like walk or sit on like an exercise bike you're just like absolutely cheering it's like the best best thing ever um and then and then the other side of that though is like within like a month or two months it's like you've never it's like you forget about the fact that you've missed anything at all and all the little things that you used to like hate before you're just like oh i can't be fuck doing this again today <laughs> it's such a mood like I think especially as an athlete those little things like those one percenters we need to do in order to keep us on the court and not be injured but it's like oh like you will never see a basketballer really that ever stretches or like you know does activations all the time but as you get older you're like no like come on Collie you need to go do that otherwise you won't be able to run up and down the court anymore so it's good in theory it's funny though how you (laughs) 
yeah <laughs> all those little things like you do you miss it so much and I think once you've had a massive injury it really mm. puts in perspective like what's so exciting it's like you turn into a kid again you're like the first time you can jump or run you're like oh my god like literally I will show anyone that's in this room that I could just do a double leg jump like look yeah. at me do this but it's insane. We just have started like unofficial preseason for the WNBL. Yeah. And I walked in with the biggest smile on my face because I was like, a team environment, like my yeah. best friend. <laughs> it was the best feeling. So like, I just can't wait to get in and do that again. Because at the moment, a lot of your training is just by yourself. Yeah. And as a team athlete, it's like super weird. And I just miss my girls. Yeah, 100%. I mean, before we, before we kind of um, touch on the upcoming season and and the rest of the stuff I wanted to touch on we'll stick on the topic of um adversity a really great way to start the show nice and negative which is fantastic i wanted to actually <laughs> ask you like how uh how you know how you deal with adversity whether it be an injury whether it be you know obviously um recently um you had a few disappointments in in regards to prior to um to tokyo and i, I remember seeing like your social media post at the time in the lead up to it. And although obviously it was, you know, extremely obvious for anyone who's ever played sport or anyone that knows you or whatever, that um, the disappointment was was huge. But I just love the fact that you were still able to take some positives out of it, still able to look forward and, and into the thing, the opportunities that you've got coming up and, and understand that although it can be disappointing, it, that there is more things um, to life than sport but also like there is more thing opportunities that will will present themselves down the track so what is your your process around dealing with adversity particularly when it's something as i guess major um as some of the ones you've had recently yeah 100 percent. i think and my, i think maybe my mindset's a little different to when it's like major injury to complete disappointment and like upset about you know getting cut not making a team Mm -hmm. or like you know winning the gold that sort of thing so I think when it comes to injuries once I did my first major one and I think I learned went through the process I was like okay these are all the tools that I need in order to be okay and get through it and I'm super lucky my dad's an ex-socceroo so like he has this athlete mindset and my parents are like this with they're like my besties and so if I need you know someone to talk to I have a real close circle and they're really important, whether yep. it's like, you know, I need a sh shoulder to cry on or I need to pull my head out of my ass. They'll let me know about it. So mm. I think that's really good in that aspect. And I think what makes athletes um, like all yourself who like you train so much good at what we do is that we're so determined and we're like a bit OCD in our habits and I might be screwed but I'm like I have to finish this set or I have to do an extra two reps mm. like otherwise I can't go home and leave today sort of yeah. thing so I think that's what makes us good at rehab and dealing with adversity and I think in the end like you said when you go back to not being able to walk or you've lost muscle it's like okay I appreciate my body for what it did before and you know how much it can improve and what it can take and you know like me at the moment I'm like I just can't wait to play ball again scrimmage be yeah. competitive so you get to that point where you're like nah come on just grind through because you know eventually you'll get there and then I think with the you know disappointment side like one this year is probably the hardest thing I've ever had to go through mentally so with Opals which is a five on five national team I was part of like the last selection to get cut 
-hmm. And then five days later, I had to go to 3x3 Olympic qualifiers. Like that didn't happen. And it was quite hard. And I think I did a good job, but subconsciously that like I was still heartbroken Mm. being like, cool, one dream done. Super lucky to have had two pathways to have an opportunity. Um, And then we went over to the 3x3 and we were unsuccessful there just due to that game is all about chemistry and playing lots. And we hadn't played since September 2019 and all of Europe, COVID's not a thing. So they looked good and we just looked real shit, to be honest. So (laughs) then, you know, then I'm in quarantine and I'm literally stuck with my emotion. Hard hard enough as it is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, exactly. And I don't think, I remember writing a post like four days later and I almost used it as a bit of like therapy in a sense to be like, just let it out. It was like a journal, but for everyone else, I guess, to see. But I think it's hard because outsiders think my life is so easy. It's like I travel the world and have cocktails and play basketball. And it's like, nah, man, like yeah. there's really good highs and there's some serious lows. And like, it's hard what we do, but we love it. And I'm super blessed you know, to be doing the sport that I love as my job. But that was like, I have really had to take some time. Like I didn't want to look at a basketball. I didn't want to touch one. I didn't want anyone to ask me if I was okay. Um, In quarantine, I didn't get out of bed for like four days. I was just like, nah, not okay. Luckily I had my best friend after that like doing F45 workouts every day. But it took me a while to be like, okay, all that sucked but that's in the past. And like, we have a family motto, life's not fair. Might seem a bit like (laughs) depressing, but it's just supposed to be like, not everything will go your way. Things happen, Mm -hmm. but like you will be okay. And it's sort of just, I had to take the time away from basketball. And then like, now I'm so pumped and ready to go and use this cleaner as a refresh restart. And like next year there's worlds, there's comp games. We have our WNBL season. Like there's so much to look forward to. Yeah, I think that one of the important parts of that is by the sounds of, you know, by the sounds of things you did a really good job of it is, um, although it, as, as disappointing as it is and, and, you know, you don't want to hear about basketball, you don't want to talk about it, blah, 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 but like it is still super important to at least acknowledge the fact that you're disappointed. I think a lot of the time when people have something go wrong or something that doesn't work out, they're almost like, and I'm, I've definitely been guilty of this, you just push to the side as if like it didn't happen or as if you don't really care or as if like you can't just, ignore it completely without actually letting like venting your disappointment or, or up, like being upset or, or, or whatever it may be. But I think it's super important to actually let that out first and then do, you know, similar to what you've done, like then focus on all the good things after that, because otherwise it's always going to be sitting there in the back of your mind or, or subconsciously sitting there like forever and until you actually face it head on. Yeah, I totally agree. It was like, it was pretty crazy because I felt like I had to relive it twice. So like we were in our misery in quarantine, but then when we got out and saw other people, it was like you lived through it again because you actually had to speak about it. But I think in the long run, it was probably a good thing, but it was like, I had a breakup. Like I got dumped a few years ago and it was like that, but instead of a boy, it was a basketball. And I was like, geez, I have anxiety again. Like, <laughs> it, it was awful, but I think it's good. You go through things in life because it gets you better at adapting and having a process of how to deal with things. So you can, you know, be like, I am upset. I am really disappointed, but then have the tools to be, get over it quicker. So then you can move on. 
Have you read The Power of Now? No, I haven't. I'm, uh, I'm kind of like halfway through reading it at the moment. Um, but, and like, I can kind of get the gist, obviously, I get the gist of what it's about, like, already, like, up to this point already. Um, but it is very much on his topic of, like, and like you should definitely read it um but yeah. but it, along the topic of, along the line sorry of you know like as much as it was disappointing or whatever like you said before like if you literally focus on like today like today you got to train you got to shoot hoops you got to to go do strength training you're going to be you know training with your friends so you got a season coming up like there's no disappointment in that the disappointment is, yeah. is behind you now you know what i mean like if you can be as present as possible then regardless of what you've been through or, or how good or bad shit's been, like that's, that, that has nothing to do with right now. I think yeah, that can no, help I a lot. like that. Yeah. yeah okay, awesome. I'm going to go buy that book. On the, uh, on the, I didn't get any commission off that either. Maybe, maybe I should um, <laughs> say something out there. On the, um, the topic of the, the three on three, obviously that's relatively new um, to the, to the world of professional basketball and, and like Olympic sports and whatnot. Um, and, and you were one of, you know, one of the first, first to, to really do it. What, what is your thoughts around it? Like, do you, do you enjoy it? Um, comparing it to the five on five, obviously traditional basketball compared to three on three, which one do you prefer? Um, and, and where do you see it going? Like, do you see it continuing to, to grow as a sport? Yeah, I think, I like have a real soft spot for 3x3 because there was a time where I'd just sort of come out of um, having an ACL. It had been like two basketball seasons and I just wasn't back to where I thought I should be. Mm. And so uh, Dave Biwa, who's our Australian coach, um, I knew him through like a um, domestic team and he was like, hey, just want to come play for my team. You can win money. You know, it's fun. It's quick. Just have a go. And I was like, yeah, sure. And the first game, it was like, gave me all this confidence. It's how I play, like explosive, athletic, like one-on-one. It's like such my vibe. Mm. And it just gave me, I think, my confidence and like love for the game back. So that was something that was really cool. And I guess I explain it in the terms it's like um, rugby sevens or the T20 or like the fast five. That's what 3x3 is for basketball. And so... It's almost the like a scrimmaging so, feel, like after training with your mates, um, three on three, like mm-hmm. a bit of pickup ball, as it, and even like view, like watching it. It's like obviously it's an extremely high level, particularly when we're talking about like Olympic level and national level and stuff. But it's still got that fun, exciting like pickup vibe to it. Yeah, well, this is what's funny. So my dad like doesn't love basketball, and the first time he watched a three x three game, he's like. I love this because this is so like a bit more exciting and I can watch four games in the space that I would watch one whole basketball game. And it was just so funny, but I think I love 3x3 because it's what the vibe of sort of life is at the moment, whether it's like culture, lifestyle, like Mm. the music or what we're wearing, it sort of incorporates all of that in this game. And if you play it, you're like, Jesus, I'm so fucking tired like because you're giving a hundred and ten percent max effort the whole time like five on five you can find ways you know to have a rest you're not always having to be on mm-hmm. whereas this it's like you have nowhere to hide and yeah you have two other teammates but like you better do your job because no one can really help you so yeah. it's insane but i do see it i know it's new for australia 
but this has been going on for ages in like Europe and other parts of Asia. And it's like the, the men, there's a world circuit tour and they yeah. are like the Serbian men. They're amazing. They're earning bank. Like it's so <laughs> exciting. Yeah. The women, we only started a circuit um, last year, but again, uh, it wasn't money based and it was purely you're playing for your country rather than like making up teams. Yeah. So I think it's exciting. We're good at basketball in Australia, five on five. So we just need more playing time internationally to get better because we are good. Like in the, th- in the, number, in the three on three. Three, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like we're, we have won Asia Cups. So we came, uh, unfortunately came fourth at the World Cup. We've won um, like these world championship tours. So it's like, we're good. We just need to play more because we don't compared to Europe. And it is just, it was in the Olympics now. It's in the Commonwealth Games next year. Like people need to know it's here to stay. Yeah. And I think for Basketball Australia, the next thing is just making it a bigger pathway, which the 3x3 hustle is doing really, really well to know, like to now let kids know, not only do you have five and five, but you have 3x3. Yeah. Do you think we'll see um, at any point, or maybe it's even happening now, I'm not sure, um, players literally like dismissing the five on five Australian team, for example, and like literally just devoting their whole time to getting good at three on three with no intention of trying or expecting to make the five on five team. Yeah. I think that will happen, but not for like 10 years Yeah, because uh, like say at the moment, not everyone who's in the three X three squad is in the Opal squad. Opal so squad. some, I was, yeah, I was lucky to be um, in both and it's quite hard. Cause I remember at the start of this year, I was doing an Opal's camp for a week and camps are so tiring. Cause you're doing like two, two hour sessions a day. Mm. I'd have a week off back at home, then go to a week of three X three camp. And I did that like four times yeah. and I was like, I'm cooked, yeah. like, bless, but, but it is super tiring doing both. And Shit, I yeah. think once also there's more money in 3X3, like at the moment, you're not really earning yeah. any money doing it. So, and not as many people are playing. So like at, we play against, there's like probably a core nine of us. Yeah. Um, is there, is there any other girls in, the, in both squads as well as you? Um, so a new um, Opal squad just got announced. And okay. so now there's actually a fair few of us. And oh, cool. I think that's the exciting part. 3x3 has really helped the game of five on five. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyone that you've seen play it, it just elevates their game and then it crosses over. And I think that's something that's really cool about what the game too that no one may be really expected. What happens there in terms of, obviously, like I'm assuming like the Opals gets first preference to the to the selection like I, I would imagine there wouldn't be anyone that gets selected for opals that chooses to forfeit their spot to play in the three-on-three team or can like I'm assuming you can't play both so like this is a really good question because um like say if this olympics happened and yeah. I made both teams mm-hmm. like I would choose or I would hope that it was up to me yeah, yeah like, to for me to choose each way and I think this is where it's like a really good question is Opals, that's old school and that like, I guess has, um, oh my God, what's the word for it? Like people respect it more, yeah. the game, compared yeah. to 3x3 at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. if I made both and I chose 3x3, I think people would be a bit like, 
bitch, yeah. what are you doing? Like, interesting. But I think it will get to the point where it is up to you as a player what to do um, and how you choose. And I guess that's where it's hard because it's like, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing both till I either get cut or I make, make both decision. and then I choose. And I think it's like, what's harder? Not really sure. But uh, I mean, it might be a tricky. awesome. There's two pathways. It might be a tricky question and don't answer if, if you feel like it's, uh, it's going to get you in trouble. But do you think that if that was to, to happen and, and there was a player to make the choice to play the, the 3x3, that that would be, that'd be like blacklisted for the next time the opportunity comes about to be selected for the Opals? Yeah, I don't know. That's a hard one. I feel like maybe just because it is, like opals is the opals and yeah, it's yeah. I guess seen as the pinnacle mm-hmm. that I like I do think maybe they'd be like, oh well seen as disrespectful. not really serious about it. Yeah. And the only time they've ever crossed over is the Olympics. Okay. Apart from that, like any other competition, whether it be in Australia or overseas, has never clashed. Mm. And I so I think that's something that's really positive is like cool, you can do both and not just have to put yourself in one basket. But um, Olympics is the only one now where it does clash. So it will be interesting, mm. especially now that more 3x3 squad members are also part of the Opal squad. Like what happens with that? And I yeah. guess that's like a big question mark and an unknown. I wonder if there's a way of doing it, like where they have the the 3x3 like starts after the um, like the five on five wraps up. Like if there's a way of st- scheduling the, the, the Opals game, like the five on five to finish, like the gold medal game to be done before round one of the three on three. Um, so that there's yeah. the players you know to choose. Interesting. Um, in terms of, um, I think it's fair to say that like most athletes, uh, regardless of what sport you play, you know, you can kind of like respect or acknowledge um, other exceptionally good athletes in other fields and other sports um, outside of your own, um, particularly once you play at a high level. Is there anyone outside of basketball that you kind of like, I wouldn't say admire or idolize, but like someone that you like have a lot of respect for and, and kind of like watch their game, regardless of the fact that it's got nothing to do with basketball? <laughs> yeah, it's like real interesting. I love that's why I really like working out the VIS because everyone has the same goal, mm-hmm. but you get to meet different people, learn about their sports and what they do. And it's something that's like really bloody cool. But I think there's a few sports. One, well, Kathy Freeman has always been an idol. That's like, I guess, past. I mm-hmm. like absolutely love her and what she did. And I grew up doing little athletics and I just thought she was amazing. What she did for Australia at like, I guess at such a young age and in sport. And then also like within her Aboriginal community and how like that helped as well. So that, I guess that's one past athlete, but current, I love Sammy Kerr in the soccer. And I guess Mm. probably like, cause dad played soccer. I have more of an interest in that. Like love her energy. I think she's amazing. And I would actually love to see a footy training and like what they do one day that would be really cool and then I know super random but like Simone Biles like gymnastics yeah I always watch it with my sisters we love gymnastics probably because it's something I would never be able to do my whole entire life I'm not flexible one iota but um (laughs) just the way her mannerism is like and the way she goes about her work and how she treats people yeah of course look at her she's a damn athlete and what she does like she's the goat of 
you know, her generation. But I think also the way like she comes across is something that I really admire about her. Yeah. Outside of, outside of sport, um, obviously, particularly outside of basketball, is there anything that, that kind of like interests you um, or, or that you like to spend your time on to just get away from basketball um, when you're not on court or at training to, to, to keep yourself occupied or just something that you're super interested in? Yeah, I get, oh, no, I'm probably sort of a bit boring. I like super family orientated and I find that just like refreshes me, like, you know, brings me back down to earth. So I love spending time with my sisters and my family and I guess, I'm a bit of a foodie, so like I love going to different restaurants, whether it be brunch or dinner and having nice wine as well. I guess I'm not like at the moment I've been super lucky that I've been able to play basketball as my job and it's been super busy. Yeah. So I guess I wouldn't say I have a lot of like hobbies besides like summer's coming, super, super excited to lay on the beach, being a bikini. That's probably about all I'm known for in summer. Besides training, <laughs> ball beach bikini, that's about it. But um, no, nah, I think other things I'm like quite passionate about is media, mm-hmm. like learning off other people how to make yourself better. Yeah. And just, I guess, I, that's what I'm trying to do for my next step is like you're not always an athlete. So like getting your foot in the door and I guess, yeah, you was, know, uh, that's something I would love to do. I was going to say, so um, we had uh, – we had Megan Anderson. Um, I don't know if you know Megan. She's the the coach of the Firebirds um, in the netball team on the on the show. And something I was asking her about is um, like wrapping your identity around being an athlete, particularly like whatever your sport is. So obviously oh. she she went from a player to coach now. But um, you know, even even myself, like um, I don't know how much you know about like my um, story, but like I moved to Melbourne for basketball for like full time for like two years and then eventually had a anchor Rico and stopped. And then at that point in time, like in my mind, there was just nothing else. Like there was no chance anything else was going to happen in my life apart from playing basketball. So when it stopped, it was like, what the fuck? Like, what do I do now? And then also it was like, even the mindset of like people only know me or like are friends with me or like hang out with me because I play basketball or like that's all I've got. Yeah. And it took a fair while to like really get over that and and realize that that's just bullshit. Um, so like yeah. wrapping your identity around one specific thing, like is there anything that you've got in mind? Um, obviously you touched on the fact that you enjoy the media side of things, but is that something that you mm. keep, um, I guess, kind of conscious of that, that at some point in time, you're not going to be able to continue to play professional basketball and there has to be something else afterwards? Yeah, I think oh, going into that whole identity thing, that is like a crazy and epic, that's like a whole other conversation. But mm. you're right. I think going through a major injury, that like reality checked me to like, hey, Coley, you ain't going to be doing this forever. Like you better figure your shit out because that's why a lot of athletes do have a bit of depression or I guess like an identity crisis because after sport, they haven't set up anything else, you know, for after life really. So um, for me, when I have my off season, um, so like out of WNBL, I guess that's when I feel like I have more time to network and connect and, um, you know, I guess, meet new people in places that I would, you know, like to potentially work in and say, you know, could I do an internship here or mm-hmm. um, like I've done some things for Fox Sports yeah. or um, the, the NBL people and it's like you can keep learning and I guess I'm super lucky doing what we do 
it might give you, you know, an extra edge because we know yeah. what we're talking about. But um, I know I'd be like super passionate and happy if that was what my job waking up every day is yeah. to like go speak about any sport. It doesn't even have to be basketball. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd be super happy. So I think obviously COVID's been a bit hard with trying to do all that at the moment. But mm-hmm. once it settles down, that's like definitely something I really would like to do more of you know, before the end of my career. Do you have a podcast? Do you have your own podcast? No, no, I don't. Do you, you think I should do it? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Like I say this, I, I would literally say this, say this to like, uh, this is not to make you feel shit, but I would literally say this to fucking anyone, anyone that I speak to, like regardless of who it is, like <laughs> fucking anyone. Yeah. Like, I just think, I mean, cause in the end of the day, like, even if you fucking what, like even if you make microphones, there's, there's like a shitload of people out there that want to know how to make a microphone or are interested in that. Like, I think there's like yeah. a niche for everything, but I think in your, in your position, like, as you said, you love talking about sport. You like the media. You obviously have a lot of knowledge around it and you have a, a good following and, and you're still involved in it. So I reckon like not only does it help grow your brand, but it just, then gives you more of an opportunity to step into those media roles. And I think a lot of people would enjoy it. Like at the end of the day, I just see the podcasting as like recorded conversations as in like so often I'll be like sitting with a client or on the phone to a friend and we'll like start talking about something and I'll be like, fuck, I wish like somehow we just had this recorded so we could just upload yeah. this because so many people <laughs> would be interested in like what we just spoke about. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, you should definitely start one. Um, I wanted I to. I like that. I'll think about that. Yeah, for sure. It's easy as it's so, so fucking easy. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I wanted to touch on uh, like mindfulness and, and like the mental health side of things. Like, I don't know how much, uh, how involved in that you are, like whether you have any like specific um, things that you like to do day in, day out, like, you know, like a morning routine, a daily routine, whether you meditate or, or journal and things like that. Is that something that, um, uh, do you have any practices that you do on a daily basis? Yeah, I get, okay, I feel like I'm a bit of like a bit of yes and and a bit of no. So I think when like the first major lockdown happened, um, I was living with my parents and I guess I feel like I learned a lot off my dad. So dad was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma and like that was real scary like a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he's always into like reading and researching and like just, you know, I get growth that sort of stuff and he really got into mindfulness and all Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff so like him and mum they do a bunch of these like breathing exercises from Wim Hof that uh awesome like meditation vibes as well in that they're they're gone for like 45 minutes I can't do that because I'm just like can't sit still for more than like 10 minutes like I find meditation the hardest thing in the world so Mm. there is different kinds of it but um, dad also gave me, I guess, some self-help, self-help books yep. and I guess sort of a bit like power of now yeah. in that vibe. And I think for me, it was like, I read all these books and I took it all in. And then for me, I think it's more like setting goals is yep. more like tick done that, whether it's basketball related or it's life related. Um, but I wouldn't say like, I wake up every morning and you know, I sit down with a cup of tea for 10 minutes and just like chill. I'm not yeah. that person and I don't think I ever will be, but yeah. um, COVID's, I guess, made me reflect a bit more on yeah. like what I should be really proud of and what you can get better at and keep going. So 
I think mindfulness, there's different ways to go about it. And I think I'm more like, I write stuff down, jot it down, like, or it might be in a post, like how I'm feeling about, you know, basketball, that sort of vibe rather than meditation. Um, in a group sense, meditation's a bit easier or I guess because you're working towards a common goal. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's probably where I am in that sort of area. I wish I could be better. No, it sounds, no, it's good. It sounds like um, for you, it sounds more along the lines of like just making sure you've got clarity on exactly like what you're hoping to achieve and, and reverse engineering how it's going to happen, which in the end of the day is a, is a form of, of mindfulness, I guess. Like it's clarity is something that a lot of people just don't have in terms of yeah. what the fuck they're doing. So many people just on autopilot with no real direction or just following other people's goals that really are not theirs anyway. That's awesome. Mm. Um, before, before we, before we wrap things up, I, um, wanted to ask you about the upcoming season. So obviously by the time round one comes up, you should be back to, to full health, um, expectation for season ahead, obviously uh, championship, I would imagine. Um, how do you see the next kind of 12 to, to 18 months going for you? Yeah, I'm actually like really excited. I think cause I was in a super down place for a couple of months. Now I'm past it. It's like, okay just excited to be back playing team basketball. It's been so long, especially for Melbournians to like play mm. as a team. Yeah. So we have a really good team. I play for the Southside Flyers. You guys should come watch us if you're allowed to. <laughs> we play out of Daniel Basel Stadium. So we won the championship last year and that was like the best feeling in the world. I got a ring. It was almost as good as LeBron's, if not probably better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish but um I think for me it's definitely making first make the finals so make the top four and then from there will be win the championship so that will be the next like in the first six months my goal and then after that there's Opal's world championships and they're in Sydney and so I'm really hoping um to get a goal at that and that would be amazing because it's in our country and the fact yeah. like hopefully things are opened up and you have your home support. Like that would be sick. And then after that is the Commonwealth Games for 3x3. So, and that's the first time I would have been to a Com Games as well. So they're my goals for the next year, uh, yeah, 12 months. And I guess just stay healthy. That's yeah. probably also a positive look after myself. But yeah, look, I'm so excited just talking about that. So I hope I can make it. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you will. Well, I think uh, it sounds like it's a, a very busy but exciting, um, you know, 12 to 18 months ahead and plenty of opportunity, which is awesome. So, um, look, thanks so much for, for joining us today. I think everyone would have uh, thoroughly enjoyed our conversation, particularly those that are interested in uh, in sport and basketball. But, um, you know, all the best for the next the next 12 months and, um, and with rehab and recovery and everything like that. And um, for anyone who has tuned into the episode, we'd love for you to – take a screenshot of this episode and post up an Instagram story for us, tag myself, tag Beck, um, follow along with how she goes this coming season. And um, hopefully we can um, get you back on maybe after the season and you can tell us about um, how it felt to win another championship. 